Throughout baseball, there are managers excelling and managers on the hot seat. Are they just scapegoats? How much do managers actually affect the game? That and more on today's Stitches Podcast. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I am your host, Luke Manerfeld. I'm here with the Stitches panel. We've got Nick Budig back this week. Nick Budig, how was your uh, week off from our esteemed show? It was good. Uh, as much to the chagrin of you guys, I was not sad after not ever seeing Game of Thrones episodes. I was happily up north oh fishing. I <laughs> uh, got, got to spend 10 seconds up in Canada, our friendly brothers of the north. So that was fun. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters and yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> That's right. The lovely Toronto Blue Jays who are finally calling up their prospects. That's right. Um, yeah, you're not. None, none of us are Game of Thrones listeners, so I was kind of on an island last week. But I'll take it. Uh, Robert Stangler's here as well. How's it going, Robert? Uh, it's going today. I'm a little uh, got the family around, so it's a little loud over here in our house. But I'm trying to chug through. So far, so good. So we'll keep it as it is. You got the family there. It's, it's a lot of fun. I bet playing a lot of cards. Uh not yet. Actually, not yet. Oh, yeah, you got to get a few drinks in you for that one, right? <laughs> Only if I get a 12 bin, man. Yeah, get a 12 bin and, and, and euchre. All right, and uh, Noah Manfell <laughs> rounds off the panel. How's it going, Noah? I'm good. I'd, I'd like to inform you that I uh, have been watching Game of Thrones. I'm on season four right now, so you're not quite wow. a... Did you watch four seasons in one week? No, I watched four seasons in like that's a ridiculous. month. That's ridiculous. I have a month. <laughs> no, I, don't month. <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> I think I think they said there's like 70 hours up until the eighth season. I'm not... You probably I'm not could. Yet. You'd have to do it like a full-time job, though. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not about that life. That'd be fun. Not yet. All right, so that's the Stitches panel. We are all back together this week. Uh, just before we get into the show, I do want to remind you we are on all the sti- uh, all the podcast platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave us feedback, subscribe, uh, give us a five star review. We'd really appreciate it. And send your questions to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com you might just be featured on our show so send your your baseball questions to again the stitches podcast at gmail.com all right and uh before we get into the manager discussion i want to do the name game where i kind of uh blew it a bit last week i suck at just kind of lying to you guys <laughs> you i'm not a big liar so it's just like i just i'm just not good at it but <laughs> maybe this week all right so this week we've got uh xavier javier yeah, you thought so. Xavier Javier. So <laughs> the two, the first name and the second and the last name have, are one letter off from each other. Xavier Javier. Nope. Uh, 21 years old, out of the Dominican Republic. And right now he's in Class A with the Tigers. So that answers Noah's question of, oh, he's 18 years old and he's in the double A or whatever. <laughs> so. All right, Xavier Javier. Nick, you were gone last week, so I'll put you on the hot seat first. Xavier Javier, real player or nah? Uh, two first names, no. <laughs> two first names, no. Two uh, Dominican first names, too. All right, Noah. I almost feel like a manager about to get fired, being on the hot seat. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I'm going to say yes. All right, yes for Noah, no for Nick. Robert, you got to break the tie here. How do I keep always picking what you do, Noah? I'm going to go yes as well. That's so weird. Hey, hey I'm always <laughs> right. I think I think you have the highest winning percentage. I will say that. I'm pretty sure you have the highest winning percentage. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
that's the name game. At the end of the show, I will reveal if that is a real player or not. And uh, we'll see if uh, Robert, Nick, or Noah are right. Okay. So as I kind of did in the intro, we've got manager discussion today. We've had a lot of uh, talk about some managers on the hot seat. Mickey Calloway with the Mets. Uh, the GM for the Mets actually had to come out and kind of give him some public support uh, after Mickey Calloway's been on the hot seat. And uh, David Martinez with the Washington Nationals is also on the hot seat after a slow start for the Nationals. I think a perfect way to start this manager discussion, you know, do managers matter? What's going on with the managers? Uh, I think you kind of have to start with the Nationals. Um, a lot of discussion around the Nationals this year, since they have a poor start under Dave Martinez, what has been a lot of people point back to October 2017 when the Nationals fired Dusty Baker after just his second season at the helm. In that last season, he was 97-65, and 65, lost in the first round of playoffs. But now the Nationals are on their sixth manager in 12 years, and it doesn't look, look like things are getting any better. This season, they're 22-31. and 31. They're behind in the, in the competitive NOS. It just doesn't look good starting off here. Robert, I think starting with you on the manager discussion, did the Nationals make a mistake? And do you think this is just kind of a, you know, kind of a fluke coincidence they fired Dusty Baker and they're not good? Or it really did come down to them just jumping between managers from year to year? Uh, well, I think for me, it's the bullpen. The bullpen has been terrible. It's been one of the worst in baseball. There, we t- I talked about earlier this year, I thought Barraclaw and Trevor Rosenthal were going to kind of balance out that bullpen. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Uh, like I said, Barraclaw has a 5-1-2 ERA, and Rosenthal has a 36. So it's not it's not looking good for this bullpen. And I think really for Martinez, I mean, what do you do? You don't have a lot of great, well-known arms besides those two guys. They went outside Tony Sipp. He's got a 6-3 ERA. I mean, there's just, just not a lot you can do about it. The starting rotation has been okay as far as the big three, Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. But the back end's been awful. You know, like uh, Hellickson has not been great. I don't know what you do. I mean, it's a different atmosphere when you don't have a big name like Bryce Harper there. You're trying to mix and match, trying to find out what works, what doesn't. I think the Nationals are in trouble. I mean, plain and simple. Right now, they've been carried on the offense with Anthony Rendon, and they've got Trey Turner back. But two guys can't carry an offense. Robles has been average at best. The Nationals are in trouble, Luke. And I think Davey Martinez could have a chance of possibly being fired by the end of this year. It's mm-hmm. concerning. I think a lot of the, what you point to with the bullpen issues, that goes back to the GM, the front office. Mm-hmm. They did not really do a lot. They got Patrick Corbin in the offseason, but I don't think rotation was their biggest need. I think it was the bullpen. Sean Doolittle's been their best bullpen arm, and he's actually yep. been floundering a little bit yep. in the last couple of weeks, which is concerning. If he doesn't do well, then they literally have not one good arm in that bullpen. Exactly. Because he's yep. been the one guy. So I think a lot of it does fall on the GM. But it does concern me because you it, it's maybe it is a coincidence, but when you jump from managers as quickly as they have, like I said, six manager mm-hmm. in twelve year, I mean that doesn't help a clubhouse. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely falls in the GM and it's also not good for the clubhouse in general. Um another thing is the is the managers coming up. Dave Martinez, if he doesn't make it another year, why would you want to come coach for the Nationals? You're not giving you're not you're not receiving enough time to really build on build on your success. You look at Dusty Baker. Uh, he went to the playoffs. His only two years there, and they and they cut him. Jim, their their GM Rizzo, uh, came up with the quote saying, "We we want we want championships more than more than anything right now." And most teams, they, everyone wants championships. But you have Terry Francona and in with the Indians, and you have Joe Madden with the Cubs. And I mean, they don't win a championship every year, but they're still with the club. They're still building on recent success. 
And I think this is a this is a team that has to commit to something. If Dave Martinez doesn't do well, I mean, maybe they're just going to swallow their pride and just stick with him for a couple of years and just say, hey, I, I know it's sucking, but we got to trust our guy. Well, I think when you're talking about commitment to a manager, there's not a manager better to commit to than Dusty Baker. And in his two years there, led them to the divisional series. Both times they lost in game five. So it's not like, uh, and I, I obviously as a Twins fan, think back to the old Twins days when they made the playoffs six times in 10 years. Uh, I believe it might have been nine even. But uh, they lost in the first round all those years, and they got swept in the playoffs those years. And these playoffs, they're winning two games and getting very close. And so it's not like they're overmatched in the playoffs. And so I think they did do Dusty dirty, especially <clears throat> letting him go after two years. And you talk about confidence as well in a manager. Uh, Dusty Baker was underpaid for what he was doing as a manager. The only reason he got, he accepted the deal was because he wanted to come back to baseball. And so I think obviously Dave Martinez uh, potentially leaving after two years. I agree with you, Nick, what manager would want to come to the nationals? And it kind of leads to that inconsistency in a clubhouse, especially for a clubhouse losing Bryce Harper, one of their main voices Mm -hmm. in, Clubhouse. So I think there's just a lot of turnover right now. And really, I don't know how to, how they can fix it besides some consistency. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think this debate even begs the question, how much do managers actually affect, you know, the game? Uh, that's kind of the, the big question around baseball in this new analytics age where GMs and the front office gives players just data they can rely on. And how much does a manager actually need to manage when they have this data in front of them? This reliever does this in this situation. This other reliever does this in this situation. I'll leave it open to you guys. I mean, do you think the manager has as big of an effect as a game as it, as they did 10 years ago? Or do you think it's just kind of remained the same? I think it has always been, well, not always been, but more recently it's been what's the best manager at really managing the bullpen managing their managing how they're going to use the the starting pitcher and how long is he going to go in because most of the time i mean i mean it's baseball it's it's getting in the box it's try to make contract try to now it's trying to hit a home run and the pitching is is trying to get the outs where i mean you can see in other sports you make plays up you draw these plays up and everything small ball anymore it's just like we've talked about in the past it's all about the long ball and so it's just who can manage the bullpen the best. And I think that's what really is. You look at some of the best managers out there. A lot of those guys are, are doing a great job at managing the bullpen and, and trying to figure out these, these mismatches that, that help them win ball games. And I think that's one of the difficulties in judging managers is as baseball fans, the only way we can really judge a manager is number one, team performance. How is their win loss record? And number two, in game situations, what are they doing? However, I think a lot more goes into being a manager. For example, clubhouse chemistry. How do the players feel? How are they responding? What's their relationship with the manager? Um, and also, the manager, I think, think we think of this, they take the fall for almost anything that happens to a team. If a player gets in trouble, the manager is the one who goes and talks to the media, takes the blame for a lot of that stuff. I was reading uh, a story, and it was back in uh, one of the uh, – oh, it was Kurt Schilling. Um, and Kurt Schilling had this discussion with his manager uh, about uh, – uh, yeah, it was back in 2001, the World Series, and he had a discussion with the manager – uh, Robert, who was the manager of the Diamondbacks back then again, 2001? Uh, that would be Rob, Bob Brentley. Yeah, Bob Brentley. And uh, Kurt Schilling uh, fought Bob Brentley on coming out of the game. And it was a whole charade. It's a funny story uh, taught by, uh, told me by Joe Buck. But um, they had this whole <laughs> yeah, this, It was true. It was, 
reading his biography right now, but what happened was they had planned to come out, but Brentley had a mic on him, so Kurt Schilling acted as if he didn't want to come out for the show. Oh and after the game, because the Diamondbacks lose that game, um, the the media came after Bob Brentley, and he didn't throw Kurt Schilling under the bus. He took that brunt because that's what managers do. And so I think there's a lot more that goes into it that's just really hard to quantify. Mm-hmm. See, I think, has, yeah, go um, ahead. I think it's a different perspective because I read an article, and I know this is maybe not the best article, but I, when I was studying for fantasy baseball, I read some articles in my magazines, and it was saying that the GMs are actually having a big more having more of an effect mm-hmm. on the game as far as yep. managing. And I think they were saying that more about like the the analytical teams, like if you look at especially mm-hmm. the Astros, one of the first to start it. They they are saying that the GMs are having more of a say where they want guys to hit in the lineup. And and the manager has to kind of just listen to it, even though he might not agree or dis he might not agree on everything the GM says. But especially sometimes there's days where it seems like even the bullpen guys they want certain guys just to get work, just to see you know how they're doing and can they get better, especially if they're young. The GM is taking control a little bit more so in the game than the manager is. I think the manager really all he's doing nowadays is he's he's you know going out there complaining about balls and strikes and making sure calls are going, you know, are are in favor for both sides. And he's also making sure that his bullpen is intact and knowing when to take out the starting pitcher when he's not, you know, effective. I, I just think it's, it's hard to quantify to know exactly if that is true or not. But I really think managers are actually not getting as much of a say as they once were, you know, years ago, guys. What do you I think? think it- I think it's more of a relationship between the GM and the manager. Uh, they're having more conversations rather than before. It was all on the manager to make the decisions. Now it's more of uh, the open communication. However, I do think the manager has a lot of say in how things work, how matchups work, and when they're resting their players. And so uh, I know you guys think maybe managers don't have as much as a say. I think managers still have a huge say that we just can't really quantify. Look, I want to hear from you. You're the big analytical guy. What do you think? Yeah. I've been biding my time waiting to jump in here. I just want to, uh, if you look, I think a good way to explain to our our listeners of what you're kind of trying to say, Robert, look at the movie Moneyball. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you, you talk, Billy Bean, you know, was talking to his manager about how he wanted to manage the game and the manager wasn't really listening to him. Nowadays, the GM can go in there and say, and the analytics teams can go in there and tell the manager what to do. And for the most part, the mm-hmm. manager's going to agree. I mean, you, uh, you look at the twins, they got rid of Paul Molitor because... I think everyone saw it going that way because the new front office wanted to pick their own manager. They went with Rocco Baldelli. And I feel like Rocco Baldelli, he's a first-time manager, probably a little more malleable. He can kind of be more shifted. He can be controlled a little bit more than like an old-timer. Like I don't want to call Paul Molitor like an old-timer because he was still pretty analytics-based from what I heard. But he wasn't as, you know, he wasn't Rocco Baldelli, who was very embracive of the analytics. So I think that you yeah. see GMs trying to select those managers that, are very open to analytics and are very open to being, you know, informed and and uh, and moved around and 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 just kind of influenced by the front office. And I, I think too, you want a consistent mindset within an organization. So it's not even the fact that they're more manipulative, um, for lack of a better term. I think it's just the fact that they embrace what the GM also embrace, and that way they can be on the same page about things. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, and I was reading a, a book about baseball in World War II. Uh, finished it up about a month ago, and it's very interesting how the manager really controlled the entire organization in that in those times. Like they would control if a if a team wanted to get a player, they'd ask their manager first. Like, do you want this player? Wow. And they say no. They usually wouldn't get them. So the manager controlled yeah. the whole organization. Now it's the GM controls the whole organization essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely different. 
I think it's really interesting to see the dynamic, how it's changed over, you know, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 an interesting debate, and I don't think there is a right answer because it's like Robert and I think not just you, Robert. Everyone said that it's really hard to quantify mm-hmm. how how managers affect the game, and I don't think there is a way to do it. But uh, we're gonna do our best, though. <laughs> we're, gonna <see laughs> we, we're gonna see if we can select maybe some of the best managers in the league this season. We're about two months through the season, and we have some surprise teams, so you'll see some surprise managers on this list as well. I'll start and pick a couple of my favorite managers two months through the season. Rocco Baldelli for the Minnesota Twins has been really impressive to me. And I think it goes without saying how how he's been impressive to me. I mean, the Twins had the best record in baseball at 35-16. and 16. Uh, Their first place AL Central by 10 games over the Cleveland Indians. First-time manager has really controlled this ball club. There have been a lot of new pieces from last year's team, especially on the offensive side. Uh, but you look at the rotation for the Twins, and that's probably been the, the bright spot. Uh, just along with the offense, the the rotation and the offense have been really good for the Twins, working in sync, and uh, that's been really impressive. And I think a lot of it has to do with Rocco Baldelli and, like we talked about with the front office, they've been inf- influencing his decisions as well. So I think a lot has to go with uh, Rocco Baldelli and that Twins front office. On the NL side, I picked Tori Lovello for the uh, for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have been kind of a surprise team as well as Robert knows. They're 30 and 22, and they're in the in the hunt in the uh, NL West. And uh, I've been really impressed with how some of their veteran players have stepped up. Adam Jones having kind of a comeback season as well, and some of their rookies have stepped up as well. So I, I'm impressed with uh, Rocco Bedelli and uh, Tori Lovello. So Robert, turn over to you. Yeah, for me, I got Bob Melvin. It seems like every year we're talking about him for AL manager of the year he finds a way to just put a roster out there and they just seem to compete you know there's times where these guys aren't getting on base or doing what everyone's expecting but they play dang good defense i think they have one of the most solid defensive teams in all of baseball when you got matt olsen at first loriano in center hucking it and then you got matt chapman who's obviously the best defensive player probably all in baseball platinum glove last year what a great great squad i don't know how he does it somehow he is he manages good bullpen he finds these guys that are decent and they just become great. I mean, look at Blake Trinan. He came over and he just became a better player. And I think Bob Melvin should take a lot of credit there. I think there's there's some way here that they just they found a way to make this team so good that they are now on a nine game win streak, guys. I'm pretty sure that's the biggest win streak right now in baseball. And mm-hmm. they just continue to just tear up the baseball. It's an offensive team, and Bob Melvin just knows what he's doing. And credit goes to him once again. Former the other guy I have manager too. Exactly. And uh <laughs> I also have another one here, actually former Diamondback player, uh, manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, Craig Council. I think why I like Craig Council a lot, and I think he's really good this year, is because you look at that roster, There's the, the offense has really been carried by Christian Yelich. It has not been a great offense so far this year. Aguilar has been awful. He, you know, this is like two years ago when it was all on Thames, and last year obviously it was on Aguilar. This offense has not been great. Travis Shaw is hurt, and he's not doing well. You know, there, there's something there that's got a spark. Mike Moustakis being one of the bright spots, as is Yasmani Grandal. But the offense has not been great. But the thing that impresses me, I'm not I'm not too sure about that bullpen right now for the Brewers. I think they got to fill out some stuff, make things happen. But he's been able to manage games, make sure things are going the way they need to. He's managing, you know, his he's doing his opener or whatever he needs to do with guys that get, like, two innings, and then he pulls them, whatever it is. And somehow, some way. These Brewers are still one of the best teams in the National League, which just surprises me. I mean, I looked at this squad and I thought, okay, all this offense, this is going to make this team really good. But Lorenzo Cain's been struggling. I've already mentioned the other guys. 
and I, I don't know how he does it. I, I mean, it's obviously it's analytics. There's something going on there. They know what they're doing, but I, I got to give more credit to Craig Council. He's doing an excellent job right now this season. All right, Noah, I'll turn it to you for your picks. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what some of these picks are reflecting is just how hard it is to quantify it because we, I feel like I almost want to judge the teams that are surprise teams rather than teams that are consistently doing well. Um, but mine is another surprise team, Kevin Cash for the Tampa Bay Rays, and he's really led the Tampa Bay Rays to uh, what Nick isn't surprised by the Rays' success, let's mm-hmm. just say that. But I think we all are by how much they are succeeding uh, near the top of the AL East behind the Yankees. And really, he's doing this with only three starters, true starters in that rotation, using the opener and really doing a good job using that pitching along with the surprise hitting uh, of that Tampa Bay Ray team. And then I went to the National League for a manager that me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of, um, but I do think he deserves credit. Joe Madden for the Chicago Cubs. And we talked about the Chicago Cubs on an earlier podcast, and we were concerned for the Cubs. They started 3-8 and eight this season, and some concerning stats for teams that start that poorly and how they finish off the season. But since then, they've gone 27-13. and 13. They are now tied for first in the NL Central with 31 wins. And I think Madden deserves a lot of credit for how this Cubs team has turned it around in the last month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nick, we'll finish off with you for your picks. Yeah. Yeah, look, I agree with you on the Rocco Baldelli one. I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, kind of the pitching coach behind him, getting a little less credit than Rocco Baldelli is actually getting. Wes Johnson's really turned around that pitching staff. But Rocco Baldelli, I think he's done a great job with that with that bullpen, at the, especially at the end. We have guys like Ryan Harper, who's coming out of nowhere, with Trevor May kind of stri- struggling. Hildenberger, was, he was excelling before they had to send him down. But he's done a great job with with a mixed massive bullpen that's kind of what well, might have been the weak that this team but is, is doing great with the way he's kind of mi- making these matchups kind of didn't really pick a closer parker was kind of the closer because making making it a way that picking the best scenario for these guys to pitch in and the my other guy is gonna stick with the american league is is aaron boone i know he's kind of the guy that the evil empire he's got all the embarrassment of riches but We've all seen the Yankees have been decimated by injuries with Judge, Stanton, even Hicks being out. And this team, it's, it's first in that, that AL East division, which has the Rays, the Boston Red Sox are really picking it up. Even the Toronto Blue Jays are hot for a while. Um, I think he's done a great job with these big, big-time injuries they've been dealing with. Um, it's It's been fun to kind of see him do it and Rocco Baldelli, these two young guys uh, kind of making a name for themselves. And I, I, that's why I kind of think Aaron Boone's been one of the best managers this season. I kind of like your Aaron Boone pick. I think that the Yankees have been really impressive with, like you said, the injuries that they've had. They've had double-digit injuries for most of the season. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been pretty tough over there in the Bronx. But good pick with uh, Aaron Boone. Uh, so those are some of the managers we think have stood out to us last year. But like Noah said, they're highly correlated with teams that have been kind of surprising. And it's like it's just hard to quantify. So don't take those with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, it, we'll see what happens you know, four <laughs> months from now. Could, everything could change. <laughs> That'll wrap up our manager discussion, but we'll jump into our question segment here. We're going to continue with the question. We're going to finish off this question from Jake. Uh, he wanted to know the underrated players in each division, and we've done the NL Central and NL, uh, AL Central, and we've done the AL and NL West. Now we're going to do the AL East and NL East this week. I'll start it off, guys. Uh, underrated players for me, Rise Ho- uh, Reese Hoskins for the Philadelphia Phillies has been Totally underrated, and I think a lot of it has to do with Bryce Harper being in that lineup. But you look at their stats com- in, uh, together, 
right? Reese Hoskins hitting 270, Harper's hitting 230. Reese Hoskins on base percentage, which Harper is well known for. Reese Hoskins is 399, Bryce Harper's 359. And Hoskin actually has 13 home runs, 41 RBIs, compared to uh, Harper's nine home runs, 34 RBIs. Reese Hoskins has been the best offensive piece in this Phillies uh, lineup, and I don't think he gets a lot of credit because he's overshadowed by the you know mega million guy Bryce Harper. And then going to the uh, the AL side of things, Brandon Lau for the Tampa Bay Rays has just been lighting things up in uh, in his uh, second year in the big leagues. 287 batting average, 11 home runs. 30 RBIs to go along with three stolen bases. The one thing that concerns me with him is 66 strikeouts, which leads the uh, American League. But other than that, he's been really impressive. I think he can cut down on those strikeouts, but I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, but just another good piece in that Tampa Bay, that surprising Tampa Bay Rays offense. Uh, Nick, we started, we went last with you for the managers, so we'll go second with you for the uh, underrated players. My underrated player, well, my first underrated player is from the Boston Red Sox. His name is Michael Chavez. He's he's a third baseman prospect, but he's been playing second base and a little bit of first base. Uh, he's added some surprising pop to this team. Um, he's had a great batting average. He's, it's kind of been a little bit, this offense was already supposed to be great, but it kind of was sputtering, but it's kind of been uplifted with this rookie. And uh, he's been kind of surprising, like I said, and a very, very good helpful at second base. Uh, my sec, my next guy is Max Freed from the Atlanta Braves. He's a starting pitcher. Uh, he's kind of the lesser known of all these young, talented pitching they have. Uh, but he's been having a great year. Uh, I think it's really been a kind of a helpful thing with the pitching kind of been the issue with the Braves at some points this season. Uh, very underrated guy, young guy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think those are the top two guys in my mind. Yep, and as I learned from ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, he went to the same high school as Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals and Lucas Giolito from the White Sox, which is mm-hmm. very interesting. They all went to the same high school, and they all graduated wow. within like a few years of each other. That's a good pitching staff. <clears throat> yeah, totally. All right, Robert, you next. I got uh, In the National League, I got Gene Segura, one of my favorite players of all time, guys, believe it or not. And the reason why I like this guy a lot is because he's a small, short guy like Jose Altuve, runs a lot. And he and he somehow he just he puts the ball in play and he doesn't strike out. I mean, I'm looking at his strikeouts. It's 20. He has 24 strikeouts, and that is not very much in today's game of all strikeouts. He's hitting 320. His on base is 367, and he's a forgotten player. I think in that Philadelphia lineup, we look at Reese Hoskins. You look at Harper, who might not be excelling right now, but he's still a known name. And then obviously JT Ramuto, and then you got all the guys they've had the last few years. Gene Segura is a sneaky guy, and he needs the credit that he needs. I think he's a good player, and uh, he's my guy. And in the uh, in the American League, another guy that I'm I'm still really down on this. The White Sox released obviously Garcia, and the Tampa Bay Rays pick him up, and he does what Garcia does. He hits for average. He drives in runs. He's been one of the hottest hitters on their team in the last two weeks. I think he's hit like five home runs in the last two weeks, actually, where he's got all of his home runs. And look, this guy is one of the most exceptional talents the White Sox had. And now the Rays are taking advantage and using the analytics to make him a really good ball player. He is just hitting the ball. They're not worried about his defense. You know, they'll find a spot for him wherever it is, the DH, wherever. You know, he'll play in the outfield here and there. But DH looks like the best spot for him. And guys, he's only 28. This is a good player the Rays could be having right here. I'm I'm a big fan of obviously Garcia, and that's my guy as well. Noah? Lots of young players. Yeah, Noah, what's yours? 
Uh, we talked about the Yankees earlier with Aaron Boone uh, and all their injuries. And one guy who's really picked up a lot of the slack is Clint Frazier. And Clint Frazier came over in the Andrew Miller deal uh, way back when he was traded from the Yankees to the Indians. And he's done a really nice job filling in for the injuries to both Judge and Stanton. He's got nine home runs and a 262 average and 126 at-bats. And he's a guy that I think they want to keep around. They could be trading him, uh, but I think they're going to want to keep him around for depth, number one, and also just to, you know, they can sub him in and get him at least three to 400 at-bats in a season, and I think he can do a really good job filling in the holes in that Yankee outfield. And then I'm going to the Philadelphia Phillies for my NL East one, and it's Zach Eflin. And he's been that guy in the last couple years that we all were thinking, hey, uh, especially in the fantasy world, this guy is about to break out. And finally, he's doing something in that number three spot in the rotation. He's got a 3.02 ERA with 51 strikeouts and 65 innings. And he's really helped with that Phillies depth and led them to the number one spot in the NL East. Okay, those are our underrated players from the NL East and the AL East. Uh, let's wrap things up with the name game here. So I gave out the name uh, Javier or Xavier Javier, I should say. The 21-year-old in Class A with the Tigers. That is actually a player. Yeah, Woo! of course it is. Of he course it is. Why you go with me? No, I, I just figured that was going to be a player, too, dude. There's no way right. Luke's throwing this off on that. All right. So Noah and Robert got it ro- right, and Nick got it wrong in his first week back after the hiatus. This is what happens, Nick. You, you, lose, your, uh, you lose your mojo if you take a week off. Sorry. Need, yeah, I'm getting get back into it. I'm getting hot. What's going yeah, on? Robert's getting hot in the name You're game. You're off long oh, enough. Follow me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little research. Yeah. I had some time to think about it. <laughs> yep, there you go. That'll wrap up this week's show. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, just a reminder, we are on all the podcast platforms, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a subscription, rate us, feedback, whatever you can get us. We'd appreciate it. You can send your questions to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com you might get your question featured on the air and we'd really appreciate some of the uh some of the fan input as well so that again that's the stitches podcast at gmail.com we'll talk to you guys next week take care